Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Let's pray before we get into the Word. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you for every single person that is here today in this service. Lord, we thank you for the children. Lord, we thank you that they're able to come in and just share just those little interviews, Lord, and to just give those gifts. Lord, help us to be like children, to just be so trusting, to be so faithful, to be so humble. But Lord, for each person that's here today, would you open our eyes again, open our ears. We say our hearts are open. Lord, through your word, would you speak to each and every person, whatever you want to speak. We've come here for you, Lord, and nothing else. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Cool. So the title that God put on my heart for this week, for today, is What Does He See in Dad? What Does He See in Dad? Happy Father's Day to all the dads. I'm loving Father's Day. The funny thing with Father's Day is Father's Day is our second son's birthday. So the limelight's gone for me. We got to celebrate his birthday yesterday so I could get a bit more limelight. But to be honest, it's his birthday all weekend. And it's a different father all month. And it's a different Father's Day for me now because I'm waking up thinking about the sermon, the message. I'm pumped about it. So it's a new season, but I'm excited. So what does he say? What does he see in dad? You see that title? What does he see in dad? What are we on about today? Let's go to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. You got your Bibles, you got your phones, yeah, you got your real Bible, awesome. If you look into the screen, it's not coming today. It's on your Bible, it's on your phone. But guess what? I've got it in my Bible, so if you don't have access to the Bible right now, you're going to hear it, I'm going to read it out. Anyone there yet? Cool. The Lord's Prayer. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, though he would not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Imagine that. 
your friend at midnight is knocking on your door. Hey, open up. It's midnight. And they need some food because there's a need in their house or there's people that have come to their house. There's just a need. That's what's happening here. What would you do? You'd get up. You'd make it happen, wouldn't you? Imagine back in the days, I can hear someone going, no, I'm going to be like, it's too late. It's not in my calendar. But what's happening, these are ancient homes back in the days. They were sleeping with their families. They were probably in one room. Everyone's sleeping together. You're waking up the kids. This guy would just get up and do whatever needs to be done for his friend because he doesn't want to bother the kids and wake everyone up. Because of that boldness of asking, it's like, this guy really needs help. And it's the same with our father. When we come to him boldly, he wants to provide. So that's what this is talking about. It says after that in verse 9, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Did that just say we're evil? Whoa. He's talking to the disciples. He's not talking to us. Now he's talking to the disciples and he's also talking to us. We have all been separated from God through sin, but we know now we have relationship with God. But still saying, us who are natural, if we are actually going to give what our children are asking for, how much more it says in verse 13, will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is all about the Lord's Prayer. This is all about prayer. Think about Jesus. Picture his disciples. They're seeing him praying. But the disciples have seen Jesus heal people. The disciples have seen Jesus teach so boldly, preach powerfully. They've seen demons cast out of people. They've seen him do great things. But it says in verse 2, in verse 1 it says, Lord, teach us to pray. The only time really you see the disciples actually say, Jesus, teach us to do something is to pray. It's because they could see that all those great things that Jesus was doing, there was a key. And that key was in Jesus' private life. It was all out of prayer. And that's the one thing they wanted him to teach. Have you ever heard someone in church pray and be like, oh man, how do they pray like that? I just want to pray, being inspired. The disciples felt like that about Jesus. They're like, man, teach us to pray. He prayed to the Father. Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. But he still prayed to the Father. So he says, all right, this is how you're to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Who remembers that? Man, I grew up in a public school in Zimbabwe every single day at assembly. Our Father who art in heaven, we just said it every time. But you wonder how much we actually thought about those words. I'm glad we did that. It's in me. It's inbuilt in me. But Jesus didn't give this to the disciples to say, just repeat it and just repeat it like it's a formula. It was a model of prayer, but there was actually principles and attitudes of prayer. So Jesus gives this to them to show them something, to show them what prayer is all about, but more actually what the Father's heart is, who the Father is, how to relate to the Father. God is Jesus' Father, but he's our Father through Jesus. So he says, Father, we know what a father is, a male, right? That's what a father is. A father can be a leader. People look at fathers sometimes as ancestors. Father, the creator. So we're to look at God as our father. And then it says, you know, when you think about father, Jesus is actually saying Abba. Abba means daddy. He's relating to God as his dad. This is what he sees in his dad. And he's showing us to see that in God. Abba, Father. So when this title says, what does he see in dad? What I'm thinking through is actually how does Jesus see his father? Because that's what he's teaching his disciples to see his father. So this prayer, as we go through it, is actually showing us how to look at God as our dad. Abba, Father, Romans 8.15 says, Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So he's our daddy, his Jesus is daddy, but he's our dad. But he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means make him holy, magnify him. He's sanctified, sanctify him. Hallowed be your name. There's power in the name of God. Hallowed be your name. It's a reverent name. It's a holy name. Revere him as holy. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Kingdom. It's God's rule and reign. He's teaching the disciples to say, God, we want your kingdom to come. We want you to rule in our lives. We want you to reign in our lives. We want you to reign in our city, in our schools, in our communities, in our work. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We want your will, God's will. The Father has authority. Jesus is saying, he is Father. Your will, not my will. And Jesus exemplified that when he went to the cross. Before he went to the cross, as he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did not want to go to the cross. He wanted to go to the cross, but he didn't want to go to the cross. He knew what was going to come, the pain. And he says, Father, take this cup away from me, this cup of suffering. But he says, but your will, not my will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So how, what does he see in father, in dad? 
He sees a holy name, a holy God. He sees a sovereign God. You know, it says, which art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven. It doesn't mean he's so separated from us, but it means we actually see in the word that heaven is God's throne room. Heaven is God's throne room and the earth is his footstool. That's how big our God is. But through Jesus, he's become our father and he's so close. Through the Holy Spirit, we call him father. He's our dad. When you think about dads, when you think of your relationship with our father, with your father, sometimes we can look at our father through the filter of our earthly fathers. And who knows, our earthly fathers, including myself, including all the people we're seeing. We're not just talking about dads, but we are going to focus on dads. But no one is perfect. We all fall short. So when we start to look at God through the filter of an earthly father, we feel like, nah, he's not father. We focus more on Jesus because he's our saviour. He's brought us into relationship with God. But it's easy to think of all the shortcomings of our earthly fathers, the ways we might have been hurt or disappointed, and then we start to put that on God. But Jesus is like, no, this is how you pray. This is your Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. He's sovereign. When I think about fathers, I think of my own story. I've never known my real dad. And some people wouldn't know that. So my dad, he um, got together with my mum when she was probably 19, 18, 19. He was already married. He had a couple of kids and fell in love with my mum. And then I was like, what's up? I was like, i got to get into the world. I came through. So he accepted the pregnancy. Everyone knew what was going on. But he's messed up his family. He's messed up my mum's life. My mum moves in with his parents. He's still staying with his family. Time comes for me to say, hey, world, I, I come out. And um, they're supposed to meet to get my birth certificate done. And the guy just didn't show up. And he never showed up. And many people have a story like that. Oh, man. So growing up with a faithful God who, look, who looks after us, my mom met my stepdad when I was four. And I've grown four years. I think Zach just turned four today. I'm just thinking, how did my dad miss out on all that? Like all the experiences I've had with my kids, two boys, I'm just like, man, over the last four, six, seven years, I'm like, oh, he missed out on all this. But then at four, my stepdad came in and, you know, it was a great upbringing, but still there's nothing. I love my stepdad. I've never called him stepdad. I call him dad and I learned so much from him. I'm grateful that I had a father figure in my life. But we've got a, such a blended family. I've got half brothers. I've got half sisters. But then I've got step brothers. People like step and half is not the same thing. It is not the same thing. But we're all a family. And I'm thankful to God today 
for who I am today. I got saved at 12. But growing up as a Christian or even before I was saved, I would be having imaginary chats with my dad because I, I, I thought I'd meet him again one day. And most dads who I grew up who do that, that just, you know, don't take responsibility, they'll show up when you're in your 20s making money and you're all good and there's no more responsibility. They'll show up and they'll want a part of your life. They want to benefit from that. So I was like, how? We'll get him. But I used to have chats with him, imaginary chats. And as I was a Christian growing up, learning about forgiveness, I had my speech ready to go. Just say, Dad, when I meet him one day, Dad, it's all good. I met God. He's my heavenly father. He's provided. And Dad, I wouldn't be where I am today. If I had, um, when, I, when I tell this story about myself, it doesn't do this. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, I forgave him and I had it ready to go. And I was like, yeah, because if I'd grown up how he, from what I know where he grew up, I'd have been a totally different person. Like God works and he would have worked, but God showed me that this is what he had for me. Jeremiah 1, verse 5 says, It says, I knew you before you were formed. I knew you before you were formed. It says, before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to, appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. You know, that's a word for all of us. Doesn't matter how we've come into the world. Doesn't matter how good your parents have been or not good they've been. God has appointed all of us because he's our father. So I was ready for that speech. And then I moved to Australia, started doing uni. Then I went back home after the first year and um, mom took me to where my dad used to live. He wasn't in the country anymore. He'd been out of the country, come back a few times, tried to find me, but my mom wasn't having a bar of it because he just missed the boat. But anyway, once in a while, she'd take me back to where he had lived. So over time, I'd met a few of the relatives, like not, not even that much. But I'm 19. Mom takes me there just to say hello. And whilst we're having a conversation with people, they refer to my dad as your late father. We're like, what? I'm like, oh, my dream. It's gone. I can't say, you know, what I wanted to say to him. And he had actually passed away three years before. So I was like, all right, little God, you knew that. All right, let's get past this. Come on. And it's been a journey. Of, oh, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him. And I have. But you see, God... He's our perfect father. No, you know, he wants us to be perfect, to be holy, but it's only through him. And so when we look at this prayer, Jesus is showing us that God is our father. And when we see him as father, once we see him, so the first point of this message really is Jesus taught us to see God as father. So that's the first thing. Jesus taught us to see God as father.
Once we see God as Father, the second thing, once we see God as Father, we can truly depend on Him. In Him we move. In Him we live. In Him we have our being. We can't do anything without our Father. We can try, but it's not going to be fruitful. We're not going to be fulfilled. So once we see God as Father, we can truly depend on Him. So you see in that prayer, it then says, give us each day our daily bread. Jesus teaches them to pray that. Give us each day our daily bread. He's faithful. I've never gone without. See, we can worry about tomorrow. We can worry about next month. We can worry about next year. But God is faithful. You guys are here today because God has been faithful with your daily bread, our daily bread, our needs. This is not talking about luxuries. This is not talking about just physical things. He's talking about what we need for the day. Could be physical, could be spiritual. Whatever we need for what God has called you for, he will not hold it back. So he says, ask for it, depend on me, trust me. What are you depending on God for today? Are you worrying about how you're going to get through tomorrow, next month, next year? God taught the Israelites this so well in the wilderness. He gave them daily manna. It would fall from the heavens. That's how he fed them. But he said, just have enough for each day. And they didn't listen. They tried to keep some. And what happened? It rotted. God's saying, focus on what I have for you today. Ask me for it. Depend. Yes, you can plan. You can pray into the future. But don't miss out on what Father has for you today. If you're struggling today, it's because he's wanting to work in through you. He's going to grow you through that. But he wants to give you what you need. He wants to provide for you whatever you need. And it comes through other people. It comes through the word. It comes through his presence. For me, it came through my stepdad was one way. And I was so blessed through it. So give us today our daily bread. So once we know him as father, we can truly depend on him. But as we see him as father and we know, hallowed be your name. And we see him as king. We see him as Lord. We actually realize how much we fall short. We're not holy. We're not righteous. Doesn't matter how much we pray, how much we serve, how well we do at anything. We all need God. We all need a savior. Even as Christians, sometimes it's so easy to start to feel great. And yes, we should feel great about ourselves in terms of who we are in God and God has made us worthy. But we can start to feel self-righteous because of what we do. But only God is holy. And he wants us to depend on him daily to become more like his son, Jesus Christ. John 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. We're to abide in our God. Abide in Jesus. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
It's one thing to hear that, but it's one thing to walk it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's the Father. He's the Creator. And that's how Jesus sees him. Jesus, It says in the word that Jesus said, I do not do anything other than what I see my Father doing. He would always look to God to see what he was doing, to hear what he was saying. He wouldn't move. He wouldn't do anything without, without that. And Jesus, because of his death on the cross, because of his resurrection, because of his love for us, now we can have that same relationship with the Father where we go, apart from him, I can do nothing. And God gives us wisdom. It's not like every minute, every single like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? He gives us wisdom. He's living in us. We walk in step with the Spirit. He leads us and he corrects us. So apart from him, we can do nothing. Jesus taught us to see God as Father. And once we see God as Father, we can truly depend on him. So the prayer goes on. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us of our sin. As we forgive those who trespass against us. God's so good, isn't he? He forgives us. But Jesus says continue to ask for forgiveness. Because he knows we're going to mess up. But. Why is it that we want him to give us something that we won't give to others? But it's like, oh, Steve, you don't know what this person's done to me. You don't know. You don't know. But God knows. Jesus knows. On that cross, he's being crucified for nothing. For something he didn't do. Because people just couldn't handle him. But people didn't know it actually was God who put him there. But still they were messed up. They were doing the wrong thing. And Jesus says, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. Jesus forgave. Not just you and I. But he forgave those that were doing things to him. So no matter what it is that people do to us. Whether it's your dad, whether it's your mom, whether it's your sibling, no one is beyond forgiveness. And when we don't forgive, you guys know it, it's poison. It actually affects us more than it affects them. Teach us to pray. We can go and pray for this and pray for that, ask for revival. But if we're not forgiving people, if we're not stepping out to just forgive, to take the first step, even if it's not our fault, we're not doing our part. And God wants us to do his will. Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, that's the person who will enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's his will for us to forgive. He's made it easy for us. We can't do it without him. It's not natural to forgive people, is it? It's not in our nature. But now we have the Holy Spirit. And we hear in this, in this chapter as we read that 
How much more will God give us the Holy Spirit if we ask? That's what we need. The Holy Spirit will enable us to forgive. See, our ability to forgive people, to forgive someone, is based on our revelation of God forgiving us, of our experience and revelation of how much we've been forgiven. If we're struggling to forgive, we really need to go, do I actually know in my heart of hearts that God forgives, that God has forgiven me? To forgive is to cancel, to pardon, to dismiss. And that's what God has done for you and I. And unforgiveness will keep us stuck. It will keep us from not hearing from God, not moving forward in what God has for us. And we're just like, nah, but they did this, they did that, they did this. And we're just pointing the finger. But we need to look to the Father and see how much he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, John 3 verse 16, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Church, who do you need to forgive? I know it's Father's Day and it's a happy day. It's great. Every day is Father's Day. should be. It's just the world telling us what days to celebrate what. But I just felt this was a word that we needed to share today. Not just for the fathers, this is for everyone. So we see what Jesus sees in the Father. So what does he see in Dad? Abba Father. But what does he see? So this is twofold. It's not just what does Jesus see in Abba Father, but what does he see in Dad? Happy Father's Day, guys. What does he see in our earthly dads? See, when I think of my dad, I go, oh, he sees a man that cheated on his wife. He sees a man that hooked up with my mom and messed her up. No, that's not how God sees my dad. He sees his child. He sees someone that's walked away from him, someone who was broken, someone who didn't know him, someone who looked for fulfillment in the wrong places, someone who was lost, someone maybe he wasn't shown how to do things. I don't have to put that on him. God sees all his children the same. He sees someone that he loves, someone he has a call for, and someone who is worth his very own son, Jesus, dying for. Someone who's not beyond forgiveness. That's what he sees in dad, his own child. He sees a brother of Jesus. See, we all come into the family, into the body of Christ through adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. So when God sees my dad, he sees his child, he sees Jesus' little bro. What does he see in your dad? What does he see in the dad who worked so hard, maybe was absent, working all the time, not spending time with his kids because he's working hard? He sees his child. Just like he sees you and me, none of us are perfect. We don't know the backgrounds that 
our parents, doesn't matter how old you are here, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a father. You, you might be like me, you never knew your father, but you came from somewhere. Even if it was through an egg that someone did something with, right? There's someone there linked. That's how God works. And the world and the devil has messed it up. Even if you've been adopted, whatever it is, there'll be something in your heart about your father that tries to get in the way of how we're actually supposed to look to our father. And it's great when we have fathers who have grown up in God's ways and they get to model what God looks like. But even that, it will never measure up. It should never take God's place. So we always need to look to the Father first. And even with our Christian fathers, sometimes we can have good marriages, we can have good time with our kids, but we can easily miss on what God has called us to. Intimacy with him, the main thing for whatever he's called us to. So end of the day, no one is perfect, but God has called us into this relationship of saying, I want you to be holy as I'm holy. And when we start with the perspective of you are our heavenly father, we depend on you, your kingdom come, your will be done. God guides us. What does Jesus see in dad? He sees someone that directs us, that gives us wisdom, that leads us not into temptation, that cares for us. So I don't know what your story is when it comes to your dad, but whatever it is, today I'm not trying to degrade any dads. I'm just having my heart to say we need to see our earthly fathers, no matter what they've done, no matter how good they are, no matter how they fall short, we need to see them through God's eyes. So how do we see them through God's eyes? We need to know our father. And as we know and we ask father, what do you see in dad? Show me how you see him. And he'll show the things we've been talking about. He's created them, yes, to be a father, to be a leader, to be a spiritual head. But end of the day, still just a child of God who, like you and me, is growing. And God will use you, brother and sister, to show your father, your earthly father, his love. So instead of us pointing the finger, let's ask say, God, how do you see them? Show me how you see them. And through the Holy Spirit, God will show you. Maybe you're the only person that can minister Jesus to your dad. The only one. But we're holding things back because of what's happened. But actually, God, how do you see them? And then let God use you. So ask God what he sees in your dad. We see our dads as champions, heroes. We had the kids come in, superheroes. But like I said, we all fall short and we need to look to our father. So let's be a people that love our dads like God loves them. Let's celebrate our dads for all the sacrifice they've made, all the hours they've worked. And there's just things we don't even see. There's so many things with my stepdad. I'm like, Dad, but you didn't do this. How come you didn't buy this kind of car because everyone had this kind of car? And only when I'm older now, Dad's like, no, that was because we were spending money on this or we're doing this for you. There's always other reasons behind that we don't know. So the whole point today, church, is when we embrace our God as Father, we receive his heart for us. 
when we embrace him as father, we receive his heart for us. Matthew 5, verse 16. We heard this last week. Matthew 5, verse 16. How are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, I remember sitting in a men's group three or maybe five years ago. There was nine of us in there. And we were talking about our relationships with our dads. And we just went around the room and said, hey, guys, tell us about your relationship with your dad. We went all around the circle. Only two guys had good relationships with their dads. And that's just the world we live in. Like there is an attack on fathers because they lead the family unit, God's design. Someone was telling me yesterday they're trying to remove Father's Day to be politically correct. Like, are you for real? Or there's some people that only have two mums because they get together as two mums, so then it's like, oh, well, what happens to us on Father's Day? That's not God's design. But there's an attack on family. And I'm not discriminating. I'm just saying this is who God is and how he's designed us. But the world is twisted. We're all twisted at some point and we all need God, right? So Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is God's heart for us, for our light to shine, for him to be glorified. So as our light shines, as we give hope to people because we see God as Father and we receive him as Father, we receive his love and we pour out his love, people see the works that flow out of that and they glorify God. End of the day, the whole purpose of us being here is to glorify him to give him all the credit, to praise him. Everything should lead to that. But some of those things like unforgiveness can block that. And the light that we shine only comes from the Father. And we heard last week that Numa South is a place, is a people that is a beacon of hope in a 20K radius. A beacon of hope in a 20K radius. We're not going to see revival or continue in the revival that we're in if we're not dealing with some of these things. And it's as simple as coming back to the first love we've been talking about, embracing God as Father. So God's heart for us is to be reconciled to him. If the worship team can come back up. His heart is for us to be reconciled to him. And this won't happen until we see him as Father. Until we receive his love, forgive others and put all our trust in him as our heavenly father. Lord, help us to look at everyone through your eyes. All that you and I need is found in our father. He's always there. (laughs) Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He's always there. We just need to step closer to him, call out to him. And He embraces us. And there's so much about the Father's heart that we need to learn. We need to be revealed by Him. And as we get all that, ask Him for your daily bread. Learn to depend on Him. Ask for forgiveness as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into trials. 
as He's with us with all that, as we know His will, we can ask Him. It says, ask, seek, knock, and the door will be opened. He's just waiting for us to ask. If you see Him as your Father, you will ask. When we needed anything growing up, when you need something now, you go to your Father and you ask. And He's faithful. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.